Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to Nebraska Preps Postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. It's another week of Nebraska Preps. My man, JP, affectionately known as Jacob Padilla, an ODB. I'm just continuing to do what we do. Can you believe we are one short weekend away from touching July? <laughs> yeah, June flew by. Uh, Unbelievable. Feels like I didn't get to see quite as much as I did maybe in the last couple of years. Uh, it's kind of restricted more Class A this year in terms of full games and um, and kind of going back and tallying, but still got got to got to see a lot and got a good feel for it. When you're kind of looking at the the next phase, obviously River Cities will start this weekend. Uh, we sandwiched in a, a couple of outings in KC. We had seven on seven football. Yet high school <laughs> that started trying to make its way around. You think it's tougher? or easier because how clear-cut the calendar is for multi-sport athletes? Uh, I, it's probably tougher because you have to share these training months um, where um, football, like seven-on-seven seven versus summer uh, June basketball. And I, I know Caleb uh, didn't play much basketball this month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was sidelined for, for most of um, what they did. How many games did he end up actually playing? Well, so he's he's played the last three summer games in basketball, and he started back with seven on seven last week against Bellevue East, and then he played in the seven on seven tournament. But he's ready to roll. Yeah. I mean, he feels great. The they shaved the bone down. He's he's growing. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I think that that that's pretty good. But the, the the balance, I do like the clear cut calendar. But you're right, negotiating the time within the calendar, I think, is it can be a little trying yeah and but i mean that's the case always with multi-sport athletes um there's always some kind of training or games or whatever it may be and that's ultimately the uh the players have to kind of decide all right what's my first priority what's my second priority and hopefully the coaches involved at that school and with those teams are on the same page and understand um and <laughs> Shout out to uh, Kobe Myers and uh, Miller South baseball coach because uh, they are perfectly fine with him prioritizing basketball. Kobe basically doesn't really miss anything, not a practice, not a game. Uh, heck, he uh, at the Kansas City thing, I didn't, I didn't know this, but talking to his mom, uh, 
they went down. They played uh, baseball games on like uh, Thursday and Friday, and then stayed down there for the basketball on mm-hmm. Saturday, and then. Uh, so we, we've seen of, some guys try to pull that yeah. off, right? It's like Fort Carter Mick. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Carter Mick, it was all in the same place. So it worked out well that the baseball and basketball both happened to be at Kansas City in the yeah. same weekend. So, made it so they're just trying to make the drive, baseball, yeah. then shoot back. I saw, you know, Connor O'Neill from North uh, had the really good seven-on-seven football tournament. They have basketball, uh, obviously, in June. Monday and then he's playing Legion baseball. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I, I mean, just the, the, the wear and tear. You know, we start with what was a well-run, again, it's the second or third year in a row, I think, Battle's been the sponsor, but another well-run seven-on-seven tournament. Yeah, uh, ran by Mike Sauter, NEB Preps, and like you said, powered by Battle. Um, I've seen rave reviews from what I saw from the teams that were there. I I wasn't feeling well last weekend. I, I didn't get to go to uh, Jason Isaacson's border battle camp on Thursday I did recover enough to go to the Papio South 360 jam on Friday we'll talk about that later but didn't get a chance to get out there and see the the football at all but I was following along with the tweets and everything and um seemed like the everybody was kind of happy with how it went and um the way it was ran and kind of what what separates it from some of the other seven on seven stuff that you've seen I just think it's very smooth um you know it's well defined it's fast paced you know I almost I wonder if I don't it would it could be as many as seven games in one day. But I wonder what would happen if you took a break in the day on Thursday and came back and played at night, Hmm. maybe without the consolations. But that could be a little much. Um, But it turns out like over time, it turns into attrition. Who's healthy, who feels good. You know, three or four games in one day. You obviously want to play well on Thursdays so you can be in that winner's bracket because yeah. if you start at the 10, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And and, and you, you've got a long day. So to the victor goes to spoils. And it seemed like uh, some of those games definitely went a few extra periods from what I saw, especially going yeah. into bracket play See, later on. And, and I thought that was probably the most underappreciated thing about Miller South, who ended up winning the tournament, is they played back-to-back overtime games and they held in there right and you know they they had the good draw they played at 12 30 so they they started a little later in the day because they played so well on thursday going three and oh that it was maybe the equivalent to playing half an extra game but when you when you did as well as they did getting off to the good start they put themselves in a good position yeah and you mentioned miller south won the whole thing they beat Warriors uh, in yeah. the final on uh, Delon Jones' uh, touchdown, go-ahead touchdown, and then interception on the last play to seal it, yeah. I believe was correct. Um, what did you kind of see uh, in terms of standouts for, from both sides there? Well, I like I like Jones quite a bit. Um, obviously, Jackson. Um, Marion Jackson. Uh, Marion yeah, Jackson yeah. does a really good job outside the numbers. Um, Tamalo showed some flashes. You know, I think if you show – obviously – the more looks you show him, I think the more he's going to have to kind of evolve. You know, we tried to show him some different looks late. We didn't have a ton in. We stopped him on a couple series in a row. They came from behind. You know, we thought we had that one pretty much in, in control. They they threw a little stop route, and I think we thought we touched the guy. That's that's always a tough thing, and the close calls. So everybody kind of stood around, and they never blew the whistle. So they 
and you almost never see this in seven on seven. He probably ran a thirty yards untouched because it was just a little, yeah, it's a little spot pass, and I think, and everybody stops. He just takes off and runs, and, and you don't want to necessarily have that where all right, you really got to exaggerate. Yeah. And now we're knocking people down. And so, I mean, no, no yeah. real complaining. They yeah. they got the two point conversion. It was tw- it made it twenty six twenty six, and then they they got the stop, and then the game winner. Same guy. But I, I thought Noah Feller uh, was fantastic for, for Millard South. Uh, James Ross had a really good two-day stretch for Westside, showed his versatility, catching the ball out of the backfield. You know, on Thursday, Braylon Warren took all the snaps without Anthony Rezac. And I felt like defensively we should have been better to help him out. You know, but we lost two. We went one, and Westside went one and two on Thursday. Yeah, and it put us behind the eight ball for Friday. But, you know, we were playing with an eighth grader at quarterback. But that wasn't, in my opinion, that wasn't the issue. (laughs) I think we needed to get get more stops on on defense, and we just didn't. But I really liked that Connor O'Neill. Uh, from Omaha North was fantastic. Yeah, and um, so in the semis, Millard South beat Central 27-26, and Westside beat Omaha North 23-15. Yeah. Set up that final. I I liked, you know, Deshaun Prince from Akil Harris. Like, Central has some really good skill. Uh, Newsom's going to be a good young quarterback. He was baptism by fire for him last year playing as a freshman. B.J. Newsom. Yeah, yep. he's going to be – throws it pretty well. He's yeah. grown a little bit. Uh, and I liked Central. I, I actually thought uh, qu- kind of quietly there are some – Eric Ingerson. I, I don't know, like – I guess he's flying under the radar because he didn't say yes to Nebraska. And he uh, kind of – committed quick like the recruitment went quick there with Pitt where it got the offer and it he was wasn't a lot of time to talk about really oh. good <laughs> over that two-day stretch big guy I, I saw he is huge made I, some monster yeah. catches saw the catch in the back of the end zone that, oh, that the one-hander Mike Sauter. that might not have been his best one yeah. he had one and he's going against really good skill guys for central they threw him a jump ball in the corner on the fade and he went and got that one too he he looked pretty complete I quietly I liked Papio's offensive design and, yeah and they made the quarters they lost to central 2013 uh, millard south beat platteview 36 12 omaha north uh beat council bluffs lewis central last year's champion i believe uh 27 14 and then west side beat ws 36 6 so th- those were the, the the final eight there in, in the championship bracket and ashram greenwood uh shut out Gretna East 34 nothing in the consolation championship it seemed like from what I saw so yeah Gretna East they're young right <laughs> with just the the young half of the group starting in the new school yep. so that may take a little bit of time I didn't read too much into that um just because it's their first time uh and whatever but I I just like the efficiency of the tournament I think it's I think it's it's really well done doesn't give you a great indication uh, but it's good enough to give me a framework on what I think we'll be dealing with. You know, we'll see a couple of those teams in the season. Obviously, you know, no, there was no Creighton Prep, no Papio South, uh, no Millard North. So there no Elkhorn South. I mean, there were a couple of who I think some of the players will be that weren't in there. But I think 
based on my expectation level, I probably was the most impressed with Papio. I, and, and I know, I should have known, right? Coach Williams is a good offensive mind. Uh, but I was expecting Millard South to be good. I was expecting Bellevue West to be good. I, I felt like Papillion was, was, was better outside the numbers than I thought, and, and, and more than just Eric Ingerson, even though I think Ingerson's a stud. Yeah, and we talked about them a little bit during the football season last they're, they're year. They're a tough were kinda, offense. They, to they, had a, they didn't necessarily have the complete team ready to, to contend, but they had some interesting pieces yeah. there with that offense in particular. They're, and they, got they, have, they have tough concepts too. Yeah. Right, it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a really good offensive mind. Does your business need an easy competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and best of all, it's free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. So, so on Friday, did you get or Thursday? Did you get a ch- what did you do with with Papio South in basketball? So yeah, that was on Friday. On Thursday, I was in bed all day. Um, well, woke up in time for the uh, to, to watch the draft. Uh, finally, started to pull through whatever I was dealing with. So that, that was good. <laughs> I uh, think you just well. encouraged because it was the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> I had to wait all night for the Suns to pick at fifty two out of fifty eight, but uh, at least it's an A pick compared to what we spent. Anyway, yeah, um, how, yeah. I, I got to say this, though. How about you know, Sonogo, Timmy, Toshibwe? So <laughs> I mean, I, it's like I, so much I, for being players yeah. of the year. Well, and I mentioned this. Uh, like, the, the tough thing is when you look at M- college to NBA, what translates? And those guys were star post players with a you know, little undersized, maybe Below the rim defensively. Guys. That doesn't tr- – like, you're not going to walk in from day one and teams are going to be running their offense for you in the post as uh, those kind of guys. Yeah. Like, that, that just doesn't translate as well to the NBA. So, it's, it's harder to translate if you're a star with a very specific skill set versus more of a player that's ready to come in and potentially be a role player. And I, I had the conversation with those guys versus someone like Ryan Kalkbrenner where, who might have a chance next year to kind of get his foot in the door as a role player with his rim protection – uh, and, and rim rolling, whereas you can plug that in any team that runs a drop scheme that, that, that has, plays a lot of pick and roll, and you can find a role for him versus, all right, so we're not going to be running plays for you. What are you going to do? Um, and so that's kind of special. Like if, if you're not the overwhelming talent, you don't possess the, the oh, yeah, the, the, the skill set absolutely translates there. It's almost better to – I mean, you've got to be a high – like we're talking Ryan Kalkbrenner's Big East Defensive Player of the Year two-time. All, all league player. It's not like he's a role player in college, but what he excels at translates to better to being a role player better in the mm. NBA. And that's where yeah. you see a guy like uh, Olivia Maxens Prosper shoot up the board there um, during the pre-draft a, broadcast. Oh yeah, ready-made role player from day one. He's still a little uh, raw offensively. You got to figure out. All right, is he really going to be able to shoot? But what he can do defensively with his length, positional size. That slots into an NBA team uh, early on in his career. So it's, you, you got to find the, like, 
you take the guys that are the the no doubt the the guys that have got that have a chance to be uh, like number one options in that early in the draft, and then the further you get, the more you start looking for all right, who can come in and play a role for us. And there are some guys you take uh, like someone just took a flyer on on Imani Bates or whatever, but the reason he went so late is because what he is doesn't translate, didn't translate to college, let alone translate from college to the NBA at the level it needs to in order to be, to let him play his game. So kind of sidetracked there, but that's uh, (laughs) the uh, college to the NBA. That's why it's so fascinating. And I always kind of chuckle and like the, the outlets that just like have their college basketball writers like slide over to doing mock drafts and being an NBA draft writer, like, Covering college basketball and covering the draft are two separate things. You need to view it in a different way. And you always hear the guys that are confused about or uh, I remember um, some guys that were super high on on Marvin Bagley over some of the other guys in that draft. Or questioning why a guy like Jet Howard goes over a guy like Grady Dick. Or even um, like the the Luka Doncic thing. And, heck, even some NBA teams fall for that. But, um, like, the the conversation there – wasn't necessarily like, oh, look what this guy has done. It's like it, he was kind of just part of the discussion because the, the college What's writers didn't see it yeah. in front of him, in, in front of them, um, talking about Trey Young and, and DeAndre and guys like that. So, um, <laughs> so sidetrack aside, uh, the Papio South Jam was good. Um, I, I like that event every year. They've got the three courts going. Everybody plays three games. Um, probably the, the team that, again – and this is a team that probably impressed me most overall from start to finish this month, was Creighton Prep. Um, they, they went 3-0, and and they beat Southeast. I watched that one, uh, 56-39. They held them 11 points in the second half, and it was 10-minute running clock quarters. Um, so they, they That is the one thing yeah. about summer in June. The clock does run. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't full-length games, but they uh, – or eight-minute running clock, whatever it was. So – but uh, still, 11 points and a half is pretty impressive. And that's Southeast. They, they've got some pizzas. They're going to have to find, all right, ways to score against really good uh, defenses because uh, they just kind of didn't really have an answer in that second half. Um, but the standouts from the day were Dylan Clausen, no surprise there. Um, Prep also beat Bellevue West 52-44. Uh, and then they beat Westside, but I didn't watch that one. Um, what I heard, it was a pretty close, like, yeah. seven-point game, something like that. Um, so in the two games that I watched of prep, they shot uh, 61% from the field, 73% inside the arc, uh, 45% from three, and only missed one free throw with 26 assists to 16 turnovers. And so Dylan Clawson was real good, 18 points on six of eight shooting, hit a couple of threes, five boards, two assists in the first game. 13 points on six of seven shooting, one of two from three, six boards in the second game against Bell West. Um, Caleb Jasu, he's a guy that I think has mm. made as much of his opportunity this month as anybody. Um, he's a guy that played JV for them last year, didn't see varsity at all. Start of the month, he was coming off the bench, just playing with the reserves. By the end of the month, he, he started their last four or five games that I saw them and was doing really well in that role. Uh, against Southeast, 12 points on five of six shooting, including two of two from three. And, and then um, against Bell West, 13 points on five of eight shooting, two of three from three and a free throw with three assists. Um, so if you got a guy, we, we talked about that, that guard play is going to decide how far prep goes. I completely agree. You got him stepping in, knocking down shots to go with Carson Jones. And then uh, Torn Carter Brown and Marquise Tolliver in the two games combined for 15 points, 16 assists. 
and six turnovers. You, you'll take that ratio out of those two as your primary no, ball handlers. No, no question Deci- about it. Decision-making in terms of passing the ball and getting guys to the ball in the right spots was very good in those two games. So that was uh, kind of my main takeaway there is like prep. Yeah, they're, they're going to be in this thing, uh, I think, come the fall. Um, and they, they hardly lost all month, I don't think. Uh, I'm just, nobody keeps track of records or whatever in, in June. But um, I don't know that I saw them outside after that first weekend um, at that, that Papio South. I don't know that I saw them lose. Um, so uh, West Side, I saw beat Bell West, and Bell West was shorthanded. Um, Jacob Rope and Cassio Jensen had left by that point, and they they still got a couple of football players that haven't played a ton for them yet. So we got we had Cassio Jensen the other night, but did not have Jacob Rope again when I watched Bell West and West Side. It was it was a good game though. Um, so they shorted uh, Bell West a point, so that kind of screwed with it a little bit there. But um, kind of most exciting finish. Uh, run nice little semi-transition action, kind of just uh, get downhill, dr- uh, pitch it back to Jane Jackson, getting downhill, finish at the basket to tie it up. Westside got last possession, put the ball in Ricky Lofton's hands, uh, pull up three at the buzzer um, for the win, um, and or step back three for the win, um, 44-41 in that one. So definitely a defensive battle, which – not surprising with those two teams and um, who was there and everything. but You know, which uh, was interesting because they turned right around and played on Monday, and it was a 79-78 final. <laughs> <laughs> so, Funny how that works. It was, uh, uh, there was a lot, a lot of shot making uh, in, in that one, the, the tale of two nights. Yeah. Um, so CJ, CJ Mitchell was good in that one, 10 points, three assists, no turnovers. Maddox Anderson hit a couple of threes, had 10 points, three assists. And then Ricky, seven points, five boards, three steals, two assists to go with the, uh, the game winner. And that's, I think that's kind of what you need to be, just not necessarily 15 points a game, but go do a lot of things. Go get a couple of rebounds, and then obviously playing a guard-heavy lineup. Um, get downhill and make a couple of plays to others. Knock down the occasional three if it's there for you. Um, seems like that's kind of – uh, that's going to kind of be the role for him. And he played it well in that game and was ready for the moment when the opportunity arose. Uh, I mentioned that Bell West lost to prep. I forgot to mention, uh, Jane Jackson was really good in that game. 22 points, uh, four threes, um, two steals, two blocks. Uh, and they got 10 points, uh, including a pair of threes from Carson Schultz, who's going to be just a sophomore, played JV for them last year, and has gotten to play quite a bit with he, the varsity he this play, month. He played well uh, on Monday night as well. The first game was... It was Miller North and Westside. Miller North, uh, you know, Eli was not there. But I, I felt like some mixing and matching with the lineups. You know, Rollins came off the bench and but then played a, a good chunk of, of the second half. I don't know how they're going to get easy baskets, but I do know when they share the ball and it moves, they they – that offense looked crisp. They got off to a slow start, came back from maybe down 12, uh, ended up winning a close one. But when they share the ball and it moves quickly, I think that's going to be their advantage to just maybe having guards that can get down the hill and put it on the deck because that may be an issue for them. I uh, Yeah, I saw them. I mean, they Eli didn't play at Papio South either. Um, they, they played Central, who was missing all their football guys. So it was basically just Dale Aaron Thomas and Devin Holman and then a bunch of, um, like, JV guys, guys that haven't played much varsity. Um, so that was a 62-34 win for, for Central – or for Miller North, rather. Um, Cam Demoni, 16 points, 7-9 uh, shooting, including an and one. Uh, Neil Moss, er, 
running plenty of point guard there with Eli sidelined, uh, making some really nice passes. Such a good passer. 15 points, pair of threes, uh, and they they put up – they did not shoot the ball well at all, uh, but they were finding other ways to score. Like you mentioned, um, just sharing the ball, getting it inside, and that's kind of the interesting thing when you've got – Cam Moni, he got a good matchup. You can put him into the post and he can yeah, score. Yeah, he's a big, strong, physical. Sutton Piedkowski, we saw that in Kansas City too. He, he's got a good matchup. You can get the ball into him, and he's crafty with the up-and-unders and the footwork. Um, and then Derek Rollins, obviously, that's what he, he did shot, last year. He shot the ball about as well as I've seen him shoot it from distance. Because that's not, you know, listen, you can live with him behind the arc, you think. Yeah. You know, but he showed a lot of versatility um, the other night, you know, he kind of played some bully ball in the post, had a couple of long-range threes. I I felt like that's about as well as I've seen him shoot the basketball in, in a while. And that would be a nice weapon for him to be able to add if he adds some range to his game. Yeah. Um, so Derek had 15 in that game. Devin Holman led Central with 15, who continued to be impressed with him and his ability kind of scoring right of ways, but, again, didn't didn't have a whole lot of help. Uh, Millard, I didn't watch the whole game, but Millard West beat Wahoo 43-42 on a Max Froloff game-winning jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Wahoo is up 33-17. So Millard, Millard West, West the other night. Yeah, they, they play hard. Apparently, actually, Millard West ran a play, and Froloff got a shot off and made it, but they, got the, they gave the foul beforehand. <laughs> uh, they had a foul to give. <laughs> they ran it again, and he hit the yeah, shot again yeah. for the win. Uh, so that, that was good for them. And they, then don't, the, they don't get cheated in their yeah. reps. They work at it. And then the other game winner was Papio South, Pap, uh, Pius X, um, 46-44 in double overtime, sudden death. Um, Bryson Ball, 19 points, 8 of 14 from the field. Uh, got great cut, fed him, missed it, got the put back, and put it back in through contact for, for the game winner. Um, but, uh, again, like the, the thing Papio South is if they're not hitting threes, how else do they score? Needs to get, be able to get something problem. easy. Especially against Pius. Didn't have Trayson Anderson. Unfortunately, he'll be out another week or two as well. Won't play this weekend for MBDA. Um, but um, good, good win for Papio South there to kind of gut that one out. Um, and, again, on, on a great game from Ball uh, individually. Only one in double figures for Papio South. First half. Ball and Kircher were the only two that scored. They combined for all 20 of their first half points. Mm. Um, so they got a little got a little help in the second half and were able to, to win that. And then the last shout out go Wahoo uh, beat Lincoln Northeast 53-47. Dylan Simons, uh, 17 points, 7-9 from the field, uh, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 3 steals. He was, he was really good in that game uh, for Wahoo. And they'll need him to step up. Kyler Elliott's another guard that um, will need to play more for them to go around Marcus Glock considering all Wahoo lost. Yeah, the interesting thing, we got the River Cities coming up this week, and it used to be the premier tournament. It's, it's, it's taken a, a, a few hits yeah. the last couple of years. We'll, we'll talk about it more after, kind of. but, yeah, it's, it's a little disappointing, the, the format it took and um, the, the way it's going to play out. But I'm, I'm excited to get back with my guys. Hey, we're, we're back in the gym. Just compete. Only two games for ETG, but my little guy will play too. So uh, I know we'll both be in the same building. Yep. All weekend long over there at IOS Fieldhouse. It is another episode of NEB Preps. That is Nebraska Preps postgame. That's my man, Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. We'll be back next week. A Herd at Sports Network production.